Yo, what's going on, y'all? It's your boy So So, in case you ain't no so, and welcome back to another dope episode of Sports with So So. Coming to you live, y'all. This week, Cristobal and the Canes fumble the win at home. The Dolphins find their rhythm against the Giants. The Heat are getting ready for preseason basketball. The Marlins get out of the playoffs too quickly. And Inter Miami kisses their playoff hopes goodbye. It's time to take a ride, y'all. Let's go. What a yeah, you gotta unmute Ooh. yourself. Yeah. What it do? So yeah. so yeah, yeah, this episode's gonna be good, man. How you doing, my brother? I'm good. Happy Tuesday to everybody that's listening or watching. Absolutely, absolutely. Appreciate Hope you guys tuning in. Make sure you guys already tuned in to OnlyFans. We dropped it Monday for you guys who haven't gotten a chance to check it out yet. Make sure you guys are going to the sports with so so. YouTube channel, hitting that subscribe button and hit the like button on that video. Let us know what you guys thought of it. Uh, we presented a really good question about the Dolphins running back situation and how that room is starting to sort itself out. So drop a comment. Let us know what you guys think about that running back room. Man. Uh, Joel, you know, I, I know we usually start off with the Dolphins once it's football season, but we have to address the biggest elephant in the room, right? Mm. I mean, right about now, um, you're you're not feeling too great if you're a fan of the Miami Hurricanes. No, you are not. And um, if you haven't heard already, the Hurricanes lost to uh, Georgia Tech at home, dog. And it's and 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 the way that we lost, Joel, the Canes lose at home to Georgia Tech. What was the final? Twenty three to twenty. And your boy was in the building. Your boy was in the building for that game. And, and, and while we didn't look dominant on offense, right, and we can get to that later, the defense played really well, mm-hmm. really limited everything that Georgia Tech had as far as an offense, right? But the game works its way out. It's an ugly game for the, for the Hurricanes. TVD has multiple interceptions in the game that we haven't had him seen in, like, a long time. But we have seen him kind of melt down before. And... It just looked like we were struggling. But even still, with all that struggling, we were in a position to win the football game. We were up 20 to 17. And Cristobal ran the ball with about 30 seconds left, 50 seconds left, instead of taking the knee. And today he comes out, or, you know, while, while we're recording on Monday, he comes out and says, well, I'll take the blame for it and all that. But the bigger question here is, what does this do for the rest of the team? What does this do for Don Chaney's mindset and that team's mindset right where yeah the players suffered their loss now their season is kind of in shambles right with a big game against north carolina coming up and chris ball just takes the blame like i don't know man it feels like a lot heavier than what he's leading on to to believe in the media i mean it, he that goes without saying bro what's understood need not be said right hundred yeah. percent, you're taking the blame. There's no way you're blaming those kids, bro. The only one, yeah. I mean, the, the only one that you could look to blame, you know, if you wanted to try to point fingers is Tyler Van Dyke because of how poor his performance was. And and in a season as important as this one, not only for the Hurricanes program, but for, you know, we talked about before, Tyler Van Dyke's, you know, draft yeah. stock. Yeah. He didn't help himself out this weekend, especially against a school that is one of those schools where, you, you know, one of those games where you can go in and pad your stats they didn't really do that here. You know, this was kind of a grueling dogfight. Um, we didn't really get a lot. 
you know, from him as far as what we, we were expecting. And, you know, at the end of the day, we, we still had a shot to win the game. Like you were saying, you know, the defense had a big part in that. And to, you know, to be the, the head guy, to be the leader on that team, meaning, you know, the head coach, the guy that was brought here, you know, from the big program, having so much success, a former player, offensive lineman, you know, smart guy, you know, players coach, has that locker room, has a lot of great pieces, and not just on the player side, but from the coaching staff as well. And you do that. And what I'm talking about and referring to is you don't kneel the ball to secure the game. At that point, I mean, you just got to kneel the ball, my boy. Why are you putting the ball in the hands of your running back where that is even a possibility? Even if the the the, the statistics were 0.01%, you knew yeah. the ball because it's a hundred percent guaranteed victory, and you move forward. And at the end of the day, no matter what, wasn't the you know wouldn't have been a blowout victory like we wanted, but a W is a W, and you keep rolling and you move into North Carolina next week, you know, yeah. undefeated. Now Especially, you just lost to Georgia Tech. It's a lot of questions for this Hurricanes team this season, and a lot of questions for Cristobal that didn't need to be raised, right? Because like it's one thing for you to have this first mistake as a rookie head coach. You're you're at a big program, and you kind of miss and fumble the ball the bag that way okay i can kind of get that but he's been at big programs before this has happened to him at oregon before where they lost after a player of the running back fumbled stanford recovered it took it right back down the field scored a touchdown won the game in oregon right to upset oregon and you don't walk away with that with the bigger lesson at hand like take the victories however ugly they may come in the acc schedule like like, come on, dude. This is this is couldn't be worse timing, right? And and like you said, we did dominate Georgia Tech. It wasn't a blowout, but we dominated them. We had over 400 yards of offense, like, and it didn't even look no, that I way. Did it, I didn't. I didn't say that we dominated. Just to be sure, you're not putting words in my mouth. That was not a domination. So that was not a domination, bro. But you we, know, but and, and unfortunately, and unfortunately, you know what? You know, we talked the defense up. But at the end of the day, I don't know. I don't know if I can put the blame on the defense or if it was on the scheme on the last two plays. Because yeah, Crystal Ball put them in a shit situation where they put the ball yeah. on the ground and fumbled it and gave it away. But then follow to add insult to injury, bro. Just pour salt in the wounds. They're able to drive the ball seventy yards, the length of the field, essentially on two plays to score a touchdown. And it's like, what just happened? Like nobody knew what the hell just happened in that game. We we thought. They might have had a chance to set up for a field goal. This would have gone to overtime. We would have won it there. These guys just walk off touchdown to seal it off at our crib. And the way that it happened, broken coverage. You can't bring the quarterback. You let him roll all the way right and bites on the fake. Like, he went up to the receiver for no reason. Had he hung back, he would have made the tackle and would have had support. Again, it was just a, 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 a real fumble of every possible situation. And it causes me, as a Hurricane supporter, to question Cristobal. And not in the sense of, like, oh, should he be fired? And No, but, like, how good or, or how prepared are you for this job? Do you recognize what just happened here and, and what the status needs to be for this program to get back where we need to get? Like, we were hoping to be undefeated, right? And, and especially in the ACC before we got to FSU. Now we're heading into North Carolina which is going to be a hard-ass game at night, Saturday night. You know they're going to be amped up for it. How, how much confidence is this team going to walk into that building with? It's going to be hard for me to really be like, yeah, they're going to be at 100%. No way. Uh, I, no I, way. I, I can't imagine that there's a, you know, a pissed-off mindset in that room in a good way, saying, oh, we're going to bounce back. 
we have a chip on our shoulder. We're going to, we're going to go out there and show North Carolina. I was like, I think there's a lot of questions. Like, is this the right guy leading us right now? You know what I mean? I think we have the talent, you know, I I think TVD is good. You know, maybe he has a bad game, bad performance, but like, you know, do we really trust coach? And and that's that's really the biggest question mark moving forward. Going, you know, with Crystal Ball and staff. For me, I trust I trust Crystal Ball more right now at this point than I do Tyler Van Dyke. And not to say that I don't recognize his talents. This kid has amazing talent, but it's the scrutiny that we're giving him when he's under pressure, when the moment is 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 happening. Can he change his mindset? Right. Um, shout out to shout out to Alec Ingold, but can he change his mindset? <laughs> in the game to say, all right, I did a mistake. I need to get over it. This is how I get back into rhythm. Let me throw some balls. Let me get some guys and some short passes and get myself back into the game that way. 288 yards, one touchdown, three INTs. That's not TVD like. It's just not. You know what I mean? So, like, the the onus of the the game is ultimately going to fall on the players, no matter what Cristobal says, right? Like, those are the guys in the locker room. Those are the guys that got to play the next game. Those are the guys that have to have the right mindset, like I was saying earlier, in order to achieve what they need to achieve, which is beat North Carolina on the road. It's going to be tough, but if they can get back to what matters, right? We saw them run the ball, Cheney, Paris Jr., they were running the ball, and they were committed to it. It wasn't working all night long, but they were committed to it. I'd rather control the clock and do that and give yourself a shot. And and if TVD is not going to be right in the head as far as prepared mentally to face a tough team in a tough area, in a tough environment, I don't know how the Canes are going to win. It really depends on TVD and, and how he bounces back from this game because three interceptions is not easy to walk back from. Nah, man. And, and another thing, too, I mean, you got to give credit to, to the Georgia Tech team, bro, because, yeah. you know, it was a primetime game Saturday night, you know, 8 o'clock. And they stepped up, you know, though you talk about the pressure and living up to the moment. And, and you can tell that that team collectively had, they had a chip on their shoulder. You know what I mean? ACC, yeah. nobody giving them anything. You know, they haven't had the best season so far to start. This is really where they can maybe turn it around for themselves. And they did it. They did exactly that at the very end of the game, bro. It's just, it was such a wild ending, like such a wild, like I was out watching it um, at the, at that new place of Regatta Grove over in, nice. in, in Coconut Grove. Where it was real, pretty dope. They need a little bit more TVs, if, if you're asking me. But I was able to watch the game there, and I feel like I was the only one. And I, like I, I brought attention to it, and people were like, "Oh, what just what happened?" I'm like, "Bro, yeah, they didn't kneel it. Like they just yeah. went for it and they fumbled it, and now they're reviewing it, and now they're about to get it." And and then sure enough, like everybody started watching it, and bang, bang, those two plays. So uh, there was a lot of groans about Crystal Ball. You know, people yeah. were pissed off. You know, what the hell? Like literally just pointing all fingers at him. I this game next week against North Carolina is going to be tough. I think if they go out and lose to North Carolina, um, which I'm not hoping, but at this point, I mean, Carolina is a good team. They got they're ranked uh, what 15 right now or something like that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, so they're, they're a real good team. They're ACC opponent, and if they go out and lose that game, the only saving grace I can see for Crystal Ball whatsoever is beating FSU. Yeah, that he he obviously needs something big here, right? He needs to get into a good stretch of games where the team performs and he doesn't have these mistakes. Mind you, he hasn't ran victory formation once this season. Not once. And there's a reason why it's called that. I told my co-worker today, I'm like, yo, they, they came up with that play to guarantee the victory. You know, so you don't have to put yourself in a situation where you're giving the ball to your running back and putting everything at, at, at play there. Yeah. I don't know, man. Saturday is going to be a tough game. Uh, I I know this for certain. I know that he's nowhere near being close to the hot seat. That's for sure, right? It's a big fuck up. 
big fuck up, but it's his first fuck up, but it's definitely a nail in his coffin, a big nail, right? And and we've seen that it doesn't take too many nails to have a coaching change down here in the Hurricanes program. So I'm hoping that Mario recognized that, really did, and implements that into his game plan for this week against North Carolina. And if we do find ourselves up, let's hit that victory formation. Yeah, it's uh, I see. got a question, question for you. Do the Hurricanes make it back inside the top 25 this year? Yes, because I got a I got a feeling that we can that we are going to beat North Carolina. They've looked vulnerable at times, and I know that this offense can be really explosive. So I don't have any real concerns. I have a little bit of doubt, but no concerns about us being able to perform out there. So a victory like that automatically puts us back in the top in the top 25, and we only slip. It, what back to like 20 or 21. So they need to continue to win big in, in the ACC. You you had your mess up. You you don't have any more left. Let's, let's see how they, how the boys respond. Let's see how gotta the boys b- got to bounce inside. back. Got to bounce back in a big way. Make the statement game. Make this your statement game, you know, until you face FSU. Yeah. Let's see. All right. On to happier football times. All, All right. right. <laughs> the Dolphins beat the Giants at home 31 to 16. Cover the spread, like you said, on OnlyFans. Thank God. And um, it was a good performance. I won't say it was a great performance, but I will point out that we emphasize on OnlyFans. Shout out to Rax also that the defense really started to look like a dominant defense, albeit they were facing a terrible offense in the Giants' offense. But we needed to see them be dominant, and they did. They intercepted. The Giants, they had uh, seven sacks on the day. They got to Rob, uh, they took, uh, what's this guy's name? Uh, Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones out the game. You know, we saw the reemergence of Tyrod Taylor. And we just made life difficult for the Giants' office the entire game. Yeah, they got some plays on us here and there, but it wasn't enough to see the de- the defense sweating. I was happy about that. Tua, I know that's your boy. I know that we, we we're going to back him to the day we die. But one of the things that I was really emphasizing on him being one of his stronger points this season was his mental capacity to not make the bad mistakes. And we saw a lot of bad mistakes on on Sunday, Joel. What do you think that Tua needs to do? Because he has a a plethora of receivers out there. What do you think he needs to do to avoid those mistakes, man? Uh, Reps, bro. Just like anything in life, you know? How do you get better with your golf game? You got to go out there and swing the club, you know? So you got to go out there, you're, you're... you're not losing. You're just learning, you know, whenever you do make those mistakes, especially when you have such a powerhouse of a team right now that we have, yeah. you know, you kind of have a little bit of a cushion where, you know, you can. And I, I know you saw, <clears throat> I think it was after the second pick. Uh, maybe, maybe, yeah, I think it was the second pick. Uh, he was kind of like laughing, like kind of like grinning yeah. coming off the field. Right. Like, cause he knew like, all right, they got me. Like that was, that was good. You know what I mean? Like you can tell like right. the defensive scheme or whatever they did on that play, like got him. So, Anytime that he does that, you know, I, I'm just hoping that he's learning. I think that he is. I've been watching him for the last, you know, three, four years now, and we've just seen him progressively get better and better and, you know, make crucial throws and, and the right decisions that, you know, at times. With a guy that's going to get so much workload throwing the ball, you know, it's a numbers game. You know, it's a number of averages, you know, where you're going to, you're bound to make mistakes and stuff like that. But it's a matter of how you bounce back from those mistakes. And, We've seen Tua bounce back, man. So that that's the biggest factor for me. And he's also been clutch when we need him to be. So I'm not worried about him. He has been clutch. There's no doubt about that. But I think we we need to see him. And I say we, meaning the general, 
Dolphins fan base, right, needs to see him kind of get a good stretch of games where he doesn't have those interceptions, right? Play the next three games, win or lose, right? But it's not because Tua is throwing an interception and somebody's throwing, you know, running it back for a touchdown. Because, like I said, you don't want, you know, we've talked about it before, but you don't want these mistakes against better opponents, right? It can happen against the Giants, no no problem. We'll bounce back on these guys. But happen, happen at home against the Bills, I wouldn't want that situation happen to us right on the road up in philly i wouldn't want that to happen to us you know up in, in london or, or over in europe against kansas city i don't want that to happen to us so those are the things that we got to avoid against these playoff level opponents right because we can handle this against the giants it was easy obviously we all saw it but i, I want him to just get a rhythm of not making mistakes you know what i mean just to, yeah so that so that everybody else can be calm about the situation we know how to how good too it can be because we see the emergence of the running game helping him become much more of an efficient passer. Uh, he didn't necessarily need to throw the ball a lot last game. And when he did, he found guys in stride, including Tyreek Hill. Uh, this dude's on a mission. Currently he has uh, 651 yards on the season, only 1,349 yards away from breaking 2,000. But this guy is, is, is definitely a game changer for us. And I, I think that the connection that they have is one that can produce often like this, right? Where the dude's putting up over 150 yards. He had 181 yards this game, but putting up 130, 140, 150 yards easily when they're able to play mistake-free football and the offense is flowing. I think the the biggest thing that you you don't want to see is him to compound the mistakes. Yes. Right? Or anybody for that matter. We just it's all right to mistake, you know, make mistakes here and there as long as we learn from them. Like I like I said earlier, but it's a matter of not compounding them, kind of like we saw Tyler Van Dyke, you know, in the in the Hurricanes game. Unfortunately, yeah. that one kind of got away from them because I felt like Tyler Van Dyke kept compounding mistakes and right. making the you know the wrong the wrong choices. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, we're we, we here with with um, Tua. We don't see that. You know, we we don't really see him compounding the mistakes. He usually, like I said, he usually bounces back, um, just like the rest of the team does. So uh, I totally understand what you're saying. You know, I'm glad we're you know we're at least getting him out of the way now. You know, we're having a lot of success while we're still making mistakes. Right. So if we can tighten that up to your credit, you know, then it's going to be make for a really good product coming into, you know, the end of the season here. And I think it was Jim Nance that said it last week about the Chiefs. He's like, say what you want about the Chiefs, but you know they'll be there at the end because they know how to win games ugly, pretty, with 570 yards or with 304 yards. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they find the ways to win. And I'm glad that we are showing that ability as a team because, like I said, the defense played really well yesterday. If you had to give them a grade, like the worst grade you could possibly give this defense is an A minus. You know what I mean? Like they, they played well. Everybody tackled. I mentioned it yeah. yesterday on OnlyFans. We had 53 solo tackles as a team. That's just showing you that whoever's in the position to make the play, they're making the play at the first level, not at the second level or third level when teams are breaking stuff. Yeah, no, definitely a huge bounce back game for us after that, you know, terrible loss on the road at Buffalo. Um, so we got to, you know, this was a good one, easy one. Next week, kind of got the same situation. You know, these are all must-win games, you know. I haven't even looked at what the Dolphins – let me look that up before we move on from this this Dolphins topic. But the, the Dolphins are playing Carolina Panthers who have not won a game yet this season. They're 0-5. Uh, I think, you know, they have a lot of issues. They just lost their running back, I think, or something like that. Um, and that's just an incomplete team, right? They have a rookie quarterback in Bryce Young, and, and we know that – the trials and tribulation of learning how to be an NFL quarterback can take a while for most quarterbacks. Not everybody's a Patrick Mahomes, right? But 
this is just another game where the Dolphins have to show an ability to go out there and take care of business. Win however you want, but win the game. Don't put it in jeopardy at the end like the Hurricanes did. And make sure that when you have enough to walk away, walk away with your victory and get everybody healthy. That's another thing, man. Like, we really have to focus how how much this team is performing based on the limited injuries that we've, you know, suffered. Our main ones being Ramsey and Armstead, obviously. Other than that, we really haven't had too many injuries. Phillips has missed a couple of games, but it's more been of a precautionary thing, right, to make sure he's not coming back too fast, not because he's hurt long-term. And every every position seems to be excelling because of that, right? We see the running backs doing well. A-Chain, Mostert, um, killing it as a running back team, right? Uh, yeah, we speaking of running backs, we're getting Jeff Olsen back now off of injury yeah. reserve. Yeah, you know, and even in the in the wide receiver room as well, right? We got chosen there. We just picked up uh, Chris Claypool. We Chase, got Chase Claypool. Chase I don't Claypool. know how I feel about that, by the way. <laughs> I like it. He's twenty five. He he has potential, and he's a big wide receiver, which we don't have, right? Like big body, big jump, uh, jumping ability. We don't have that type of receiver. He has to do the work of coming in here and recognizing that this has a a, a potential to be a Super Bowl team. Definitely is a playoff team. And if you want to fit in here, this is how you fit in here. He probably didn't feel that in Pittsburgh, right? Because they didn't have belief in their quarterback and they didn't look like the team that they could be. Uh, same thing with Chicago. He probably didn't really trust Fields and, and sees the team struggling. Is like, man, this team isn't really heading in the direction. Why am I not getting all the love that I should be getting? I think he's going to find a different focus down here in Miami. And it's like, yo, these guys got a good vibe. Everybody's focused on winning and being an individual and bringing that aspect to winning football. So I think it could fit here. And it doesn't hurt to have, you know, a 6'6", 230-something pound wide receiver, a guy you can let to toss the ball up to. Yeah, I'd be surprised if that guy puts on a uniform for us for real and, like, actually, like, plays in games. He's sitting behind so many guys right now that have been here and have earned their spots. You know, you got Tyreek and you got Waddle. And then sitting behind them for the third spot, you got – um, Cedric Wilson, who's been here for a little while. You got Braxton Berrios, who's been, you know, phenomenal so far through four or five years. Yeah, through four or five uh, games this season. Um, who else have we got there? Robbie Chosen, like you mentioned, who was on the practice squad. And then, you know, we elevated him first game against the Broncos, has that home run, you know, ability. He shows that there. So it's like, all right, you know, he's earned that spot, you know, when, whenever we need him. We and he got some snaps yesterday, too. He's going to come around, you know, um, and then we got River Craycraft, who is hurt right now. But, you know, that guy's put in the work, you know, he's done the work. So Chase Claypool does not have a great stock right now in the NFL, uh, has been, you know, attributed as being lazy, maybe not a hard worker, you know, uh, talent, but, you know, kind of oh, you know, the waste of the potential. And the only saving grace is that, the you know, we didn't really lose a lot. We just swapped the pick. With the with the Bears, so we got a receiver and we got a you know we just got a pick back. We just swapped one for later for next year, so not I really think, risking a lot there. No, and, and and I hear you, bro. Right, and a lot of fans feel the same way. But I think that if a player's in the right situation, you can get the, potentially the most out of him. And here's another thing that I that I'll point out: it's, it's not bad to have this amount of wide receivers all available all with different abilities, all with different speeds, all with different characteristics. And the reason why I mention that is because our tight end group isn't really built for receiving. It's built mostly for blocking, right? Good. So, yeah, right? So so what I'm saying is, like, if, you, if you're not going to use that position to re- as a receiver, then you need to have more options. And I think that Claypool gives us another option that we don't have at the moment in that big target. 
but like you said, he has to come in here and show that he's that he's willing to change his attitude, right? Change that perception about himself and, and really come in and, and take a business-like approach to being a professional down here in Miami. He knows, I'm sure that in his heart of heart, he knows that this is his last chance. Now you just said something, you just said something interesting. Now Clay Claypool gets you know a lot of flack because he can't pick up blocks as a receiver. But you just mentioned something. We were kind of light on the tight end side. And if that guy is interested in the receiving department for the, for the tight ends, right? Right. So if that guy was, would be willing to, you know, convert to be a tight end for us and just kind of replicate what Mike Gasecki did. Cause Mike Gasecki never blocked for us. Uh, he was just a receiving tight end. So if he Line can replicate right here, <laughs> what, what Gasecki did, I mean, you know where he's not, he's going to be a liability blocking for us, but he's got, you know, he's got a big body, big frame. That could be interesting. Absolutely. And look, if there's a guy, here in the building that can find ways to put this guy on the field and be effective with his big ass body it's mike mcdaniel like we know that because we've seen all these guys that we've mentioned have a specific skill set that they have that the other guys don't have and show that specific skill set on the field yeah burials wilson robbie hill waddle like all these guys bring something different and i think that claypool can potentially add to that but he has to put in the work uh, I think that the Dolphins are going to put in the work this weekend. So whatever the oh. line is right now, bet it. Uh, 13 and a half points. So bet they're it. a 14 point dog. Uh, I'm sorry, favorite. And uh, you got to hammer that. I mean, that's the lock right there. That's the Joey lock of the week right there. That's the sports with so-so lock of the week, guys. Put it down right now, man. For Miami sure. At home. Lock that it up. Terrible, terrible Panthers team. Yeah. We're they might make by, it interesting. We're winning by more than 14. As long, But I'll tell you what, just like in this Giants game, we got to keep playing clean football and not give these guys opportunity to generate some momentum or some belief, right? Let's kill the game early, get them out the way, put up three, four touchdowns, and let's get some of those reserves or backup guys some some snaps, right? Yeah, we got to keep moving up on, you know, in the division and stay ahead of Buffalo. We got lucky this week. Buffalo lost. The Jets won. Um, the Patriots. <laughs> uh, Shut out. I'm a Patriots home. fan right now. Back to back. Um, First time they, since like 1970. It's it's been bad. It's bad to be a Patriots fan, but uh, Buffalo, you know, they they gave one up, and I don't know how many more they're going to give up. So we we gotta we gotta keep moving. You know, we need to keep getting wins when we can. For sure, for sure. Um, let's see, man. Let's see how the, the Dolphins take care of business on Sunday against the Panthers. You guys know what's going to be after that game. Only fans, baby. Week six recap is going to be live and in your notifications only if you're subscribed to the Sports with Soso YouTube channel. Now. It's time to talk some Miami Heat basketball. We got a little bit, we got into it a little bit last episode, right? With the Dane thing happening, Drew Holiday trade happening. Uh, but the Heat are starting preseason basketball tonight at home against Memphis. And there are a lot of questions about this Heat team. Who's going to start? Is it still Kevin Love playing that power forward position? Are we going to see the kid? Uh, Jovic, get a get a shot, a legit shot to, to start there and earn some minutes next to Bam. What type of player are we getting back in Josh Richardson, right? Is he more mature, a little bit slower, maybe a better shooter? Um, what's Lowry going to be like? And I think that out of the biggest questions, the, the two that people are missing the most is what's Bam going to do now, right? Because what's his next evolution going to be? And also, how how much did last year's loss affect Jimmy Butler as far as making the regular season a more important thing and being more available? 
Let's which one of, the, one of those two do you want to talk about first? I'll I'll start with the Jimmy Butler one. I mean, okay. If anything, he learned that he could do the bare minimum throughout the regular season, get the eighth seed, and still play in the playing tournament and make it to the NBA, the early Eastern Conference Finals. Why do you yeah. think that? You know, or, or why do I think that? Because it just happened. I mean, he just did it this year, and 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 literally. That, that's all that, that he can he knows he can compete with that same exact squad and we're running it back we're pretty much running it back I, maybe right. a couple pieces an old piece a new piece but essentially the core is still the same and right. I, I you gotta feel that way if you're if you're jimmy i feel like you know obviously you can't take it for granted you gotta you gotta make sure you're winning games to make sure you're in the playoffs but he's not worried about you know trying to win as many games to get that number one seed or anything like that that's, that's not as important here's why i disagree I think that he recognizes now, right, since we're running it back like we are, that it took a lot out of him early on in the playoffs in order to keep the heat going. And we saw his physical performances, not necessarily the stats, even though the stats also took a baby decline, right? But we saw his physical performance wear down series after series after series because it's exhausting for him to be the man every minute, every second for 48 minutes, right? And that's what it took. It took, you know, and we should have we should have gotten rid of uh, Boston. It ended up being a seven-game series, right? Like, we, we, we took care of business with Milwaukee, and we were able to get into that second series a lot fresher. So I think that Jimmy has to be somewhat conscious of how much the playoffs drained him early on and, like, how better positioning and seating and saying, like, Instead of traveling an extra three days, I'm home an extra three days if we get the top four seed, right? At least for the first two rounds. And now I'm, I'm, I'm able to recuperate a little bit more. I can work out with my trainer. I can get my treatment. And I don't have to worry about being in some fucking hotel lobby at 11 o'clock at night before a game. You know what I mean? And I think that that's where, because Jimmy's so smart about how he ha- approaches the game, I think that that's something that he's working on this offseason because he's gotten a little bit bigger, in my opinion, to face that challenge because he's running it back pretty much with the same team and he knows what it's going to take. That's a valid argument. Now, my question to you, though, so, you know, after this Dame drama and saga has settled and we didn't end up with the girl. Yeah. Are you concerned for this Heat team in 2023-2024? Concerned in what way, though? Because, like, I feel like that's an open, you know, ended question. Are you concerned that we are not going to be able to compete with the likes of Boston and Milwaukee and Philadelphia. The, the, the stupid fan in me wants to say, yeah, I'm concerned. Of course, we, we need better players. The, the real Heat fan in me recognizes that this franchise has always been and will be built on defense. And defensively, I think that we'll always have a better team than any one of our competitors. Just in the way that we practice, our defensive schemes, how we shut down like their second, third, fourth options. Like the Heat historically have always been able to do that. So I feel confident in that. What I will say is that I, I would like to win the fucking girl once in a while, right? And get and get a big player in here and say, fuck, this is this is what we're doing. And and, and I like the direction that we're moving on. Because it's important. And you know, I mentioned this to somebody that I that I hold in high regard when it comes to the Heat. And I was like, man, I'm not mad about what it makes us look like that we didn't get the person. I just, I'm mad about how the Heat looks at other franchises and maybe we look like a team that's hard to deal with, don't necessarily bargain too much, 
are always stout at the table and not necessarily willing to give up X, Y, Z. I want, I don't want that to be our reputation. I'm not so worried about not landing the superstar because there's always going to be the next superstar to chase. But I, I am worried about our reputation. There is, you know, and, and we did land the greatest superstar of them all in LeBron James and had a phenomenal four-year run. Shaq um, before that. And Shaq before that. But since LeBron, we've missed out on a couple of guys that possibly could have, you know, helped us win a ring or two. And Kevin Durant, Donovan Mitchell, now Dame Lillard, you know, and it's something that <clears throat> it's it's concerning, man. You know, it's concerning. I'm concerned. I'm concerned for this season, you know, because it's the same team minus a couple of guys that were key role players for us and Gabe Vincent and Max Drews. Um, Duncan Robinson, who, you know, has had a kind of a, you know, up and down kind of a career with us. You know, he's being asked to step back in. Mm-hmm. Jade Rich, who's a guy that we got rid of, that we were comfortable getting rid of. You know, we're bringing back, bringing back an older version of him. Kyle Lowry, there was already questions around him as far as what he can bring to the table and how much we're having to pay that guy. Uh, Bam, you know, we know what Bam can do in the regular season. You know, we know that he, he's overworked a little bit. You know, we didn't do anything kind of to alleviate that. We got two young guys, Nikola Jovic and Jaime Harquez, who, you know, were asking to step up and, and contribute. And then we also got a guy named Tyler Hero, who all summer was here and he was about to get traded. And we're asking yeah. him to be fully committed to this team. Yeah. So if you're if you're not concerned as a Heat fan right now, I mean, God, God bless you. But I don't think you have to be concerned, though, Doug. There are, like I said, there are a lot of questions, but I don't think there's... I think the more concerning thing, Joel, is that there are that many questions and not necessarily the questions themselves. Is that fair? You know what I mean? Like, because I, I feel like Hero's already been through this two two years in a row, so... However, he may be perceiving himself to be on social media and all that shit. He knows that this is a business, and at the end of the day, he's making a certain amount of money, and he needs to perform. and And credit to him, every year that he's been in those rumors, he's bounced back and have an even better year. So I'm kind of hoping this shit like continues to spur him and 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 it, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, motivate him to to play better, right? And, and continue to grow as a star. But I think a lot of those questions, Joel, get answered with the first guy that I mentioned when we were talking about Jimmy and Bam. If Bam is able to take a jump, right, because we know that there's different levels that he can get to, it's just a matter of which one. If Bam can take another jump in whatever department, then I feel like, okay, now we have the veteran young superstar that we can rely on game in, game out. He got hurt. He fell off at the second half of the season, like, there were a lot of things that happened to Bam last year, but he got off to a great start. Now this has to be the year where Bam does it for the full 82-game season and says, this is why I'm the all-star that I think I am. This is why I'm the best player on the team that I think I am. And this is why I need to get paid X, Y, Z like I think I should get paid. Bam has to be the guy who's closer to 30 points, 25 points a game, continue to do the double-digit rebounds, 12, 11, 10, whatever, continue to stack up the assists, and just become a next-level Bam. And if Bam does that, I know we've been saying this for for as long as he's been a heat, but you got to remember, we got him young, dog, and now he's getting into, like, the prime of his shit. So if if Bam can show a different, better level of Bam this year, then I think that answers a lot of those questions because we don't have to worry about those other guys playing as well as they should be playing. We're going to rely mostly on Bam first and then Jimmy Butler. 
Yeah, I mean, I just I've told I've said it before on the show. I just think we've seen Bam's ceiling already. You know, not to say that he's not a great player. Um, you know, he's a phenomenal player. I just think we, you know, he he's a twenty and ten kind of guy. He's not a thirty and ten kind of guy. Uh, he may he can get that. We've seen him. You know, he can put up 28, 29, 30, You know, thirty points. But realistically, he's gonna get you those those hard fought. You know, 18, 20, 22 points. Um, and and for you know for me and for me that's perfectly fine as long as he contributes on the defensive side the way that he does. We know he can spread the floor. Right. He can cover anything. It's just you know we we've talked about it. We've talked about it here. You know how much more of an impact he can have as, as a true four if he had a true center out there. You know how much right. more he can do to you know what you can do to rotate him and 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 kind of you know play around with that scheme. But he doesn't really have that help yet again. So I hope the kid you know stays healthy this year. I hope he doesn't get worn out. Um, and I hope he proves me wrong. I hope he ends up evolving his career into the next stage and becomes that thirty and twenty player. You know? I mean, yeah, for sure. And I hear you, Doug. But like, I I just think that. We did make some low-key moves, right? The Thomas Bryant move is going to be a great move. Like, he's he's a really athletic center, a bit, a natural center. I think he's going to help out a lot. Okay. Um, I, forgot, I forgot about that one. Right. Jovic, like I mentioned earlier, his his length and size and ability to stretch the floor is just going to be, bro, a, a defender's nightmare to face Bam and this kid. So he has to be – and look, he played great in feeble warm-ups and in the Euros and shit. So – I think that we can be surprised by the guys that we're expecting something from, right? We may be not expecting uh, as much right now, but I think that they can surprise us. And even the rookie, this kid's a player, a four-year starter at UCLA, a guy who 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 knows what it takes to come in and work, has already been working out with Jimmy and, and, and Caleb and those guys since he got drafted. So he knows what he culture is about, and I, and I got a feeling that he's going to bring it. If I'm being honest... That's probably the thing I'm most excited about when it comes to the Heat this year. Those two kids, man, are, are, well, are going to be huge. Jovic, my, th- you know, I, I did see him in the in in the FIBA world, you know, uh, games yes, and all that stuff. He looked good and all that, but it's like, you know, why didn't we see any any of that last year at all? Why didn't we use him? You know, why did we hold him so much? Jaime, I just saw this kid 360 dunk in a game. <laughs> I ain't seen Nikola Jovic do that, dog. So I'm oh. super excited to see this kid get on the court and yes. see what he can do with his funky hair. And the thing is, like with with with, with Jovis, I they did the smart thing. They knew that the team was set. It would have been really hard to get him meaningful minutes. Let's let's work privately. Let's take this whole year off and use this like a training camp and get your body ready for this eighty-two game season. Get your mentality ready. We're gonna school you. We're gonna show you schemes. We're gonna show you everything. And now he's gonna be able to come in full speed instead of stumbling. You know what I mean? So I'm I'm really excited about those two guys, and I think that they're gonna be able to contribute a lot throughout the season. It's an 82-game season. We can't just rely on Jimmy and Bam carrying us through it. It has to be a collective effort week in, week out. And, and you know, we mentioned the unlikely heroes a bunch of times on the show, and I think those guys are going to continue to troop together and, and help those guys out, man. I'm excited yeah. for this season, honestly. Yeah. How, how many games – I know the preseason NBA is usually short. How, how many – I know it starts this weekend, I think, on Saturday. How many games in total for the preseason? Correct. It, did start, it started this Saturday. The Heat have five games. The first one's going to be tonight, Tuesday, while you guys are listening to this, at, versus Charlotte. And then Friday, we're heading to San Antonio before coming back home Sunday and Wednesday to face Memphis and Brooklyn, respectively. And then the last preseason game is going to be October 20th, Friday, at Houston, before we get the season started. Season's right around the corner, bro. It's right there, man. It's the greatest time alive. Yeah, this is really the best time. You got postseason baseball. You got NFL football right in the middle of it. 
and you got NBA kicking off. I mean, oh, and you got hockey too. If you're and you got that. And we got the Panthers got starting hockey, on team. Uh, they're playing preseason uh, hockey right now too. As man. we speak, yep. Yes, so, sir. Best time in sports, baby. Yes, sir. You mentioned playoff baseball, man, and we gotta. We definitely have to talk about the Marlins right now, man. Uh, they took an early exit, lost first two games against Philadelphia, and overall, it was a success. This season yeah. was a success, man. Be- yeah. And even in those games, right, we're like, we made it challenging. We kind of put together a little rally in the first game towards the eighth and ninth inning, just come up a little bit short, but we made them sweat. And then the same thing in the second game, we kind of let the game get away from us. Nardi gives up the grand slam, and it was like, well, that's all she wrote, fellas. Time yeah. to pack it up. Yeah, that, that one hurt to see you, you know, especially I know you were, you're a big fan of Nardi. Hyping yeah, them up. Um, And then that just hurts to go out like that, but... I mean, the Phillies are, they, they're a good squad, man. They didn't, you know, have the, the best record all, all season. Um, we were, we ended up being, you know, four and five as far as seeding goes. Yeah, um, but now it's the postseason, you know, and, and that's it. They're, they're playing out of their mind, bro. And now you look at their lineup and you're like Trey Turner, Kyle Schwarber, uh, you know, what's this guy's name? Uh, Bryce Harper. Yeah, uh, the- I mean, dude, they, they got killers, bro. They got big they got bats. Killers. And, you know, our pitching, you know, is, you know, we knew that that was probably the, the the question mark going into this series. And then you throw in the fact that we stay, you know, all you know, all the games over there and you know, none of the games came back home to us. Not that that would have been much of a, a of a changer for us, I don't think. But, you know, th- that crowd, know. that Philly crowd, man, that that, you know, that's hard to play in that environment for those fish. So um, I'm real happy for them. Nobody thought the Martins were going to make it to the postseason this year right. to make it as a fifth seed. In our division, you know, in, in the National League, it's one of the toughest divisions in baseball. You know, shout out to those boys. You know, shout out to Kim Ang and and to um, uh, what's his uh, Chip Chip Schumacher. Uh, Schumacher, Skip Schumacher, um, <laughs> for what they did with this team, man, and, and they really set you know the yeah. the, the first foot forward, you know, on this journey that is uh, you know the road to the, to another World Series ring. What a great foundation we've shown to have this year, man. Uh, a real, real, real good foundation of a baseball team. We got some pitchers that are really exciting. We got a bunch of infielders and outfielders that are really exciting. And slowly but surely, you know, this team is starting to put it together. And I'm glad you mentioned Kim Ang, right? Because as a first woman GM, there's a ton of pressure on her. There's, a, am sure, a ton of media, not only here and in her own, like her parents' country and stuff, you know, like, just a lot of pressure on, 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 on her to perform, and she did it, and she did it valiantly, right? Made the right moves. Uh, Josh Bell was a great pickup. Berger, a great pickup. And, and just click. Everything for her this year seemed to click. Even the, the hiring of Schumacher and having him come in and be one of those guys that can really stabilize and, and unify such a young and, and, and exciting locker room with a lot of buzz. Uh, a great season for the Marlins, man. And as a Marlins fan, couldn't be prouder of what they were able to achieve this year. Um, Really had a great start to the season, kind of had a fall off in the beginning of the second season, but bounced back and had a great ending to the season. Like, come on, dude. Like, from where we started and what we known this franchise to be, like, to be at this position yet again, where we're, we're talking about a team making the playoffs as a young squad, it's just exciting because we know that next year is going to get better. We're going to add a couple of pieces. It won't be a money-spending thing, uh, but we'll see guys get called up. We'll see guys get traded and whatnot, and, and I'm just excited to see how this foundation continues to grow for the Marlins. And uh, yeah, bro, I'm here for it. I'm here for it, man. Still waiting for my hat. And I would have liked... Get it together. I mean, I would have liked us to at least win one game, make that series a little interesting. That would have been dope. Um, But, you know, at this point now, I'm I'm all in on the Phillies. I'm rooting for the Phillies. 
Um, they took the they took the one zero lead on the Braves uh, in the series, the first game, which is kind of wild. And right now, as we're recording this, they're up three zip on the Braves. So you know, if you know me, you know my mentality. You know, I'm going to go ahead and root for the guy. Going, yes, that's it, baby. So at the end of the day, I go, hey, bro, hey, World Series champs are the ones that we lost to. So I don't know who you lost to. (laughs) Yeah, bro, uh, I hear you. I hear you, man. But uh, yeah, like, like. I, I don't care if either one of those teams. Nah, yeah, I don't, I, I don't care. You know, th- that series can end in a tie, and either one moves on, and I'll be okay with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it'll be just fine. Uh, but congratulations to the Marlins. We're excited to see what happens next year. And, and next year is going to be interesting, right? Tommy John surgery for Sandy. He's going to be out all of 2024. Wow. We're going to need some guys to step up, and we might just make a trade to bring in some help for that for that starting uh, rotation. So let's see, man. Let's see what happens for this first team. I'm excited for them, man. The Marlins got to make a splash in the offseason. Uh, you, you. Mm-hmm. All right, all right, all right. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about another early exit, right? Let's uh, mm-hmm. give the inner Miami CF Herons uh, their flowers real quick. Lost to Cincinnati FC at home with Messi playing and are eliminated from playoff contention. See you later. Uh, it's yeah. not the, the results that I expected, honestly. I really didn't expect these guys to be out that quickly. But hey, when you have a lot of holes on the team and you're and you're kind of starting really from the bottom, you know, like Dre said, you gotta you gotta wait a little bit till you get here. You yeah, know, the Cinderella Cinderella story is over for this season for uh, the uh, Herons. But um, the more concerning thing. That I saw. I mean, I, we can talk a little bit more about this game. I, I don't really even know nah, the results and what happened and all that stuff. But I saw that uh, there's a rumor that Barcelona might try to take Messi back, like rent them out from Miami or whatever. Yeah, you know I really doubt that? that's gonna happen. I really doubt that's gonna happen because you're not. You, you got to think about it. That means just extra soccer on his timetable, right? And having to play extra games right now really doesn't do anything for him. I'm sure that guy wants to take a break, enjoy his vacation travel do some things like it's basically signing up for a second season to come back and then play again with inner miami like it's not worth it and i don't think that they would do that i think there's a more realistic possibility of inner miami setting up a game with barcelona in barcelona right so that messi can get his goodbye all the fans can come out and see him and spend a weekend there and all this stuff i'm sure they've already started to talk about that I, i read some reports on that so I probably see that happening a lot sooner than Messi going over there. I don't think that guy's going back. That'd be dope for Miami for for the team to go for out both. there and play that game for Barcelona be, too, right? You want a I chance mean, to say goodbye to your hero and your legend, right? And 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 show your respects and and you know put the statue up, do all these things, and and show that guy the love that he deserves from the Barcelona fans. Messi's a goat, dog, but goat. couldn't get it done this year, bro. It sucks. It, it would have been nice if we got here a little bit earlier. Things would have been different. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. But, you know, all good things come to an end. You know what I mean? We can't just have everything happen, you know, in, in one calendar year, like have every single South Florida sports make the playoffs. You know, we're one short. It happens. This weekend This weekend was a little rough, dog. I mean, we had the Marlins with the exit. You had Inter-Miami with the exit. You had the Hurricanes getting mollywopped on prime time. Not mollywopped. Not mollywopped, dog. Hey, this, hey, uh, shooting, hey. I'm sorry. You had the Hurricanes shooting themselves in the foot on prime time. With the shotgun, yes. And then the saving grace were Dolphins, our Miami dude. Dolphins doing what they had to do. 
But I'm, I'm, I'm really confident in this next weekend being a lot better, right? A lot better. We have the heat. Like I said, we're going to be able to watch some preseason basketball this week and, and see these guys gelling. Uh, we know for sure the Dolphins are going to kick the shit out of the Panthers. Make sure to bet the house. So, so and Joel already told you. And the Canes, they're going to go up to North Carolina and pull off that upset, man, and get that dub and bring it back home, man. Yes, sir. I'm looking Let's forward see. to it. It's going to be another too, great man. weekend of Me sports. Too. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And you know what else we got to do, man? We time to get out of here. It's almost time for Monday Night Football, my boy. Oh, yeah. Let's get it. Let's get it, man. It's time to tell a friend. To tell a friend. To tell one more friend. To tell everybody they know. To go subscribe to the Sports with So So YouTube channel. We got OnlyFans, Fight Rewinds, a bunch of stuff happening. And of course, every week we're dropping another episode. So until next time, y'all, it's your boy So. Peace. Peace.